This is Infrastructure Junkies. Welcome, Infrastructure Junkies, to your show. This is a podcast created by right-of-way professionals for right-of-way professionals. The Infrastructure Junkies podcast is the voice of the right-of-way industry, exploring eminent domain, right-of-way acquisition, and infrastructure development. Well, welcome, everybody. We're here at the IRWA's 68th Annual Educational Conference in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland rocks, y'all. And and we have, um, this is very exciting for us. This is the second time we've recorded at conference. The first time was last year in San Antonio. We had a blast. We see some new faces. This is doubly exciting because just two hours ago, my co-host, Kristen Bennett, just won the Frank C. Balfour Award, the most prestigious honor in the IRWA. Congratulations, Kristen. Thank you. Thank you. It's still kind of sinking in. And then I got to go straight from that to my favorite thing, which is doing this podcast. And as I look out on the audience, I see a lot of former guests. I see Andrea, Andrea Carolan, who is here all the way from Australia. It's the first time we've seen her in years, thanks to COVID. Hi, Andrea. Thank you for being here. We see Merrick Lewis, who came from the UK. He has also been a guest on Infrastructure Junkies. Numerous members of our Hall of Fame. Patrick McAllister's here. Jake Farrell is a former guest. Yeah, yeah, give you didn't have round. to. Yeah. I just blanked. You didn't really have to you clap have on to. that you one. You didn't have to. You didn't have to. This is our mid-season finale. This is actually our 49th ever episode of Infrastructure Junkies. And we are very excited about taking a little bit of a hiatus uh, between now and the beginning of the second half of season three. We're not going to be gone for long, but we need a little time to organize and make sure we've got some great content coming for you soon. So stay tuned. After this episode, we will be back. Now, this episode has been in the works for, I don't know, four or five months. Like we, we started planning this four or five months ago and it took us four or five months of planning, but finally we are here today. We are in Cleveland, Ohio. We have what this in person on center stage ready to answer all the most pressing questions. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. James Olszewski. Um, uh, Dave. Huh? That's, that's right. That's right. Uh, what was that? What was that? James is not here. That is actually the reason we titled this The Elephant in the Room. That is the elephant, I guess, not in the room. Oh, it's, somebody thought it was, somebody actually accused me of being ugly, said it was Judy. Okay. No, but I'm glad you mentioned Judy because who is here today is the incoming IRWA president, Judy Jones. Give her a round of applause, folks. Hi, Judy. Ooh. Hello. How you doing? Nervous. How much, how much arm twisting did this take for you to get here? A lot. And do you remember after last year, you came up to me and you said, Dave, I ain't doing your podcast. Exactly what I said, Dave. But you're here. You twisted hard. (laughs) (laughs) We had to. We had to. Judy, thank you for being a good sport and for coming to answer some questions for us and to let our listeners and our members uh, get to know a little bit about you before you um, start your reign. So let's talk about how we got here. All joking aside, James Olszewski was the president-elect. You were the vice president and would stand for election in 2022 at this conference as the president-elect, right? Correct. And now here we are, you are the president-elect and will be sworn in as international president on Wednesday. What happened? Mr. Ochevsky resigned. And there's a process in place where once the, um, normally when an officer resigns, say if it was the president, then a president-elect would move on up. And then the new president would 
appoint the other officers to move up into the chain. And this situation was totally different. So only the board of directors can elect uh, the president-elect. And so that's what we had to happen. So there are policies and procedures, I'm assuming, in place that allowed us to, as an association, to deal with this kind of curveball and, and put people in place to continue the leadership. Is that right? That's right. Well, Judy, here on the Infrastructure Junkies, we do some fun things here and there. So we're going to start you off with something kind of fun. Would that be okay with you? Yes. All right. <laughs> so Judy, Judy had to um, fill out a questionnaire before she came on the show, and two things came out of that. Number one, the real arm twisting was required to get her questionnaire back from her. <laughs> Correct. It took like five requests, and she finally filled it out. And then number two, Jake Farrell says, I didn't get a questionnaire last year. And we said, I know, Jake, I know. So um, we did get a questionnaire, and what we found out is that, Judy, you and I have something in common that's very near and dear to my heart, which is that we both love the movie Steel Magnolias, right? That's one of my very favorite movies of all time. And so I thought maybe, don't touch my microphone. Just because you won the Balfour does not make you the boss of me. <laughs> All right, so Judy, you love Steel Magnolias, correct? I did. Mm -hmm. How many times do you think you've seen it? I'm old. Uh, uh, I couldn't tell you. Okay, well, I've seen it approximately 1,793 times, give or take. Maybe not that many. Okay, I can quote it. Um, I told Dave I was going to do this, and I was going to come up with some Steel Magnolias trivia, and he was like, oh, yeah, look that up. And I was like, it's all up here, man. I got this movie memorized. So we are going to have a little um, Steel Magnolias trivia, and there's prizes. So I don't know if you're aware, Judy, but we on the Infrastructure Junkies are big fans of the Puma brand. Anybody like Puma? You ever been to Costco and bought some awesome Come socks? Come on. What? This is what a Puma sock looks like. It feels even better. These are the best socks ever. So, Judy, you have four questions, and with each correct answer, you have the opportunity to win a Puma sock slightly used. So we're hoping you come away with a pair, maybe two, or maybe you'll have a pair and a spare. You know what I mean? So let's get started. Are you ready? Yes. What were the colors of Shelby's wedding in Steel Magnolias? Oh, Lord. Y'all can help. I thought it was red. Not red? Pink, pink, pink. The colors are blush and bashful. That's pink. Did you say pink? I said that's pink. Do we give it to her? Yeah. All right, Judy. Here you go. One Puma sock coming to you. Hey, I only got to wear that three times before I gave it up. <laughs> All right. Number two. Tell me about the groom's cake at the wedding. What kind of cake did they have for the groom's cake at the wedding? I don't think I saw as much as you did. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> or, it's, or, or it's been a while. Um, I hear it. Who said it? Armadillo. <laughs> it was a bleeding armadillo groom's cake. Red velvet covered in gray icing. Looks like roadkill. Okay. Um... Do we say Heather getting it right means Judy gets a sock, or does Heather get a sock? Heather gets a sock. Heather. Honorary member of the IAC, so yes. Okay. Judy. Heather Easton's getting the sock. From help from the help Thank from the you, audience. Heather. I have a Here pair now. She has one pair. I almost gave you one that didn't match, but that's not nice. All right, number three. You're not going to get any of these. <laughs> Probably not. All right. Um, can you finish this quote? Jackson's from a good old Southern family with good old Southern values. You either shoot it, stuff it, or eat it. Marriott. Oh, Marriott. All right. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Have uh, you ever done that before? Here, Dave, you get this song. Okay, thank you. All right. I'll, I'll put it in my mouth. There you go. And I, I knew I should have watched this movie again. I know. Okay, final question. Anel's husband, played by Daryl Hannah, is named what? 
she yells at him a lot in the movie. I don't remember. Anybody got it? Sammy Wayne DeSoda. Yep. Okay. Oh. Well, listen, if, if, if I were oh. winning socks, I would have two pairs. Judy has unfortunately one pair. Um, Heather Easton has a sock. So congratulations, Judy. And thank you for playing along with our little bit. Thank you very much. Okay. I know what she's going to rent tonight after the Monday night event. For sure. At the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. All right, Judy, let's get back to business here. You were actually, and you and I talked about this um, months ago, long before the more recent developments, which Kristen has already covered, but you were planning to assume the role as president in Denver in 2023 and going out in Long Beach. Yeah? Yeah. Um, Things have changed, and we're going to get into that a little bit, but... One thing I've learned and I've observed is, you know, there's truly, there, there really seems to be a learning curve on the IEC. Would you agree with that? Yes. It takes a while to get your feet under you. It takes you a while to develop your leadership style. It takes a while to, I don't know, figure out how to work with all these other crazy people who are on the IEC with you. But I'm looking at you, Jake. Now, usually you work your way up through the IEC, and I realize you've done that. You've been on there. This is your third year? You're finishing your third year? Yes. Okay. But your path has accelerated quite a bit. So here's here's the million dollar question everybody out here wants to know. What's your favorite color? No, just kidding. Just kidding. What everybody wants to know, Judy, and I know this because I've heard it, and, and it's, not a, it's not a bad question, is are you ready? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Judy, let's, let's just review kind of your history of leadership at the international level. Um, you ran from the floor in Edmonton in 2008, right? Yes. 2018. Oh, 2008. What in the world? 2018. Yes. How'd that go? I did not, did not win it. Okay. So you did not win in 2018. Why did you choose to run from the floor that year? You didn't watch Jake's podcast. (laughs) I I was there. (laughs) We want to know why you chose to run from the floor that Uh, year. To make a difference. How long did you have, how long were you planning to do that before you ran from the floor? I never intended to run. Was it like that day? Oh, you mean when it, when it happened? Yeah. Mm, About an hour before the meeting. Oh, wow. That was quick. Now, Judy, that's the thing that it has everybody scratching their head. And we covered this with Jake, but we want to cover it with you because we already heard from him. Is generally something like that, people plan about it, they think about it, they go and talk to all their friends, they pray about it, and you're telling us that you did it an hour before. Correct. Over lunch. Why? There were things going on that um, I couldn't answer for my region. Information that was not supplied to us, um, including the financials and you know, we are elected for service, and when you can't answer those and you try to get those and they're blocked from you, you just, as Jake did, put his hands like this, oops, like this. You know what we ought to do? We ought to run from the floor. What? And that's what we did. Well, give us an example of what you thought wasn't being supplied. Oh, just about anything we asked for. We had asked for numbers, and we weren't given numbers. We were given a uh, total number, but as far as what made that number, um, what were the exact expenses of a global Congress and things like that. So, And it was not just me asking. It was my region members asking for this information, and it was my duty to supply it to them. And you couldn't. And I couldn't. Why did you think that you were the one who could fix it? 
honestly, the situation was Jake nor myself did it to intend to run to win the office. It was to send a message that we're not pleased, and that's kind of how it went from there. Well, Judy, let me ask you this. Why, why didn't you simply let everybody in Edmonton know that you were unhappy? Because I know you don't keep things to yourself when you're not happy, now do you? <laughs> no. No, you don't. No, you don't. So wh- why not just tell everybody that you were unhappy at that conference and then announce your candidacy for international secretary for 2019, which would have been in Portland? That, I mean, that, that's a good question. But it just, when you hear those things, it just happened. That was the time. That was the time that... We needed to make a difference, and I think we did. So you think? do you think it was worth the disruption? Absolutely. And was there a single thing that caused you to make that snap decision? Usually there's one thing to push someone over the edge. If you're sitting at lunch and you're like, I can't take it anymore, and a strongly worded letter is not enough, like was there a single thing that pushed you over? When you're sitting there and at the very last moment someone wants to have a meeting with you, but they wouldn't meet with you the whole entire year but right then they wanted to meet and discuss things it was too late we were that was it you know it's like no did you really believe you could change the course of the association by running from the floor yeah I mean I thought that if if I hadn't done it I wouldn't have been true to myself I wouldn't have been true to this association and to the members of this association and you know I felt like if someone saw someone else stand up Maybe they'd stand up too. Now, now here's the irony: when you when you ran from the floor in Edmonton, who were you running against? Ooh, the president-elect. <laughs> you got to say the name. You got never. Not everybody was here then. It was Amy Milms. Okay. Okay. Can I say why? Yeah. <laughs> sure. And at the time, I, it didn't dawn on me what position it was. It was just Jake was like, "She's in my region. I can't run against Amy." But well, that's how it happened. Why didn't you Why didn't you run for secretary? It had to be someone that was already an officer. That's the way we, you know, we thought it. How close was that? Was it close? Um, I think I'm thinking around forty percent of the vote. What was it, Jake? I mean, I screenshot at one point six percent at the um, in two thousand eighteen. Wait, J- Fred says that she got one point six percent. She. Only 1.6% behind. Oh, oh, she was she only, only behind. She lost by 1.6% of the vote as someone who ran from the floor and decided that one hour before over lunch. That is incredible. Yeah. That suggests that there were a lot of people who thought the same way you did at the time. So were you happy with that situation then? Yes, I was. Yeah. I mean, like you just said, Dave, other people were, were angry too. How'd you feel when you lost? Did it disappoint you? Was it like, ooh, that's a relief. <laughs> now I don't have to deal with this. <laughs> no, I was, I was, I was very pleased. Um, like I said, the intention was not to win the election. Yeah. I, I won't tell you what Jake said when he won. <laughs> no, you no. L- l- tell us. You can't say that. Never. Do you want to hear what Jake said when he won? Yeah. Now you got to tell. Okay, so you got to imagine the situation. We're up on the podium, right, with all the other officers. And Jake just won the election against us. Um, yeah. And as he walks across the stage, I'm sitting here. He looks over and he says, can I say this? You can say whatever you want. He said, oh, shit. I just won. 
<laughs> I've actually heard that before. I love it. And you were like, oh, shit, I just lost. Thank you, God. <laughs> We're going to do another little bit. Let's lighten it up for just a moment. Um, last year, we played a little game called Guess the Past President, and this past president was able to come up and give, it was it was Wayne Goss, and he came up and gave a little, little bit of wisdom, a little advice for Jake as he started his term. So today, are you ready to play Guess the Past President? Yes, ma'am. Okay. This that is going to be, very, I think this is going to be convincing. easier than, than Steel Magnolias. I'm going to give you three <laughs> clues. I'll give you a chance to guess after each clue. Number one, this person was president when the mission statement, which is we improve people's lives through infrastructure development, was rolled out. Any clue who that is? Was it Jeff? No, was it, was great, it great guess. Only one, only one guess. No, but Thank you. Yeah, I, I get to do that at least once every episode. Every, yeah. Okay, this person is a renowned pool shark. Marianne Moore. That's right. It's Marianne Moore. Everybody give Marianne a hand. Marianne, come and, come and join us. I knew it was about your time, Marianne. The third clue, just FYI, is that she is a master quilter, and she is. If you've ever seen any of her quilts, they are works of art. Hi, Marianne. Welcome. Hi there. Thank you for joining us. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Hi, Judy. Congratulations. Hi, Thank you. So, Marianne, would you take a moment and give Judy some little bit of wisdom, wisdom from your time as president? Any, any advice that you might have for her? Oh, there's all kinds of advice I can think of. Probably the one that might be the most useful is, and you may have experienced this already, but I learned through experience. As president, there's a lot of communication, right? You're talking to a lot of different people, also a lot of texting. And... The one thing I can tell you is when you're doing a lot of texting, pay attention to who it's going to. <laughs> because there have there were many times over the course of my presidency that I just went, oh, help me get back. <laughs> help me back get that one back. Ether. That's not who it was supposed <laughs> to go to. So that would be my number one. I think my other piece of advice is you always question yourself, you know, it's like, am I doing the right thing? You know, how do I go about doing this? And my advice is be you, enjoy the moment, whether it's a good moment or a bad moment, reflect at the end of the day and know that you did your very best no matter what. That, to me, is where the learning happens, where you get better every single day, and where you're really thinking about, how do I support all of these members? Because you have your opinions, we all have our opinions, but we're here to support the members. And you're never going to please everyone, right? You can't. So just do the very best you can, and you'll be great. Thank you. Awesome. Marianne, that was so good. I think we're going to give you a pair of Puma socks. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You can pass those over there. Marianne, did Dave already wear these or no? Only three times. Just a few times. Just a few, yeah. Smell it. See? There you go. Oh, fresh. Yeah, they must have been washed. Good. <laughs> no, no one's worn those, Marianne. Thank you so much for Thank joining you, us. Thank you, Marianne. Thank you. Give her a hand, everybody. Marianne Marr. Okay. We have one other piece of housekeeping business to take care of, Judy. And um, we have an Infrastructure Junkies Hall of Fame, and every year we induct several more people. And we'd like to bring two more people into the Hall of Fame. Would you be so kind as to read the lucky recipients for the honor? Drum roll. 
Drum roll. Oh, we don't, don't do our drum roll. Our drum roll is like a three minutes oh. long, but the audience. The audience has a good one. Is it me? It's kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I always can't say his name right. David Burgoyne. There we go. <laughs> and there's one more on there. Oh, hey, Dave. Look, there, and here he is in the flush. David's here. Right. We don't really have anything for you, David, but. There he is. Wave to the crowd, okay, right? Yes. And then who's the other one? Brian O'Neill. Brian O'Neill. Welcome to the IJ Hall of Fame. It Welcome is a very, very elite uh, group of folks. Uh, hey, if you're in the IJ Hall of Fame, raise your hand. Okay. okay see, see, you are in Cindy's very, here, yeah. very good company, guys. And All I will right. tell you that David um, flew to Virginia Beach, Virginia, last summer uh, with Christina Thorison, and we we brought in Brian O'Neill remotely, and we recorded a very, very popular episode called "Revenge of the Appraisers," which I will have you know is the number one episode we've ever recorded in 49 out of popularity. So great job, David. Great job, Brian. Great job, Christina. And Ross Green was the guy who gave him all the grief. You may not realize it, but getting this successful podcast off the ground took six months of research, brainstorming, and equipment testing. And each season requires a significant investment of time, money, and resources to keep this thing going. Our very generous sponsors make it all possible. Today's episode is sponsored by Kristen Bennett's company, Blackbird Right-of-Way. Now, I've worked with Kristen in the right-of-way industry for about four years in various capacities. I've even taken several relocation courses from her. She's recognized nationally as one of the top relocation specialists in the United States, and that's not an overstatement. Now, Kristen, I understand that Blackbird has recently made some big decisions, and they're going to take some big steps. You've always been known for first-rate relocation services in Texas, and is that about to change? That's right, Dave. I've consulted with my team, and we've made some pretty big strategic decisions lately. You know, we're relocation specialists. We've handled hundreds of relocations, and we've handled the most complex and complicated relocations you can imagine. And we're going nationwide. You're going nationwide. That's right. We will provide relocation assistance services anywhere in the U.S. Anywhere in the U.S.? What if it's just a single relocation parcel? Even better. From one parcel to 100, we're your relocation specialist. And here's the great thing. There are tons of entities in the United States who may have to condemn a parcel and there's a relocation. They don't have any relocation help on staff. They don't know where to start. So they spin their wheels and they try to figure out what to do from start to finish. Don't do that. Save some time. Get the project done. Call Blackbird. Blackbird is a DBE certified entity. Bring them onto your team. Find them at blackbirdrow.com, blackbirdrow.com. And take a minute and check out their new website. Thanks, Blackbird. Judy, let's get back to business. The following year, after you were not successful running from the floor, we were in Portland, Oregon, before things shut down. And that time you re- you ran as a declared candidate. Is that right? Yes. And you ran for secretary. You had two other challengers. Yes. And how did that go? I won. Well, good for you. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Did you regret it? No. All right. Now, tell us in your words, and I remember when the candidates came around, I was in the Region 4 caucus, and I remember all three of you very well. Tell me what made you the better choice, because you had some pretty good competition that year. Yes, I did. Um, 
I think I was because I was real and I was honest. And if someone had questions, I was, I told them, you know. And I think, I think when you are genuine, I think people know it and they know that you're authentic. And that's, that's what I try to be. It's just me. Just Judy. So you won. How close was this one? No runoff. No runoff. All right. How did you feel in that moment? Very good. Were you relieved? Because I didn't have to run anymore. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> just to, to to have won. I mean, was it oh. a, was it a relief? Were you nervous? Yeah, yeah. Excited? All of the above. I mean, it was it was it was a good feeling. Did you point and laugh at the people you beat? No, they're good. <laughs> they're good people. They're good people. Well, and you're good people. You wouldn't do that. I know that. <laughs> so okay, so you served a year as secretary. You served a year as treasurer, and you served most of a year as the international vice president. What were the things that really needed to be addressed most urgently during those three terms? And I don't know if we want to take it uh, year by year um, or if it's kind of more of a, uh, for the whole time. What, what were the urgent needs that needed to be addressed during your time? Well, actually, before I became, for the following year, when, when Jake went in, Jake appointed me to the finance committee. And for the first time, the CFO said no one had ever asked for the records. And we wanted records. We wanted to see what's been going on with our money. So did you ask for the records? Yes. Did you get them? We sure did. And did that change the course of history for the association? What happened then? I feel it did. We were headed in the wrong direction. And when you see things wrong, you have to... You can't fix it all, but you can be part of the solution. And can I just say that, that we've got the best staff there is? Yes, we can absolutely say that. I couldn't agree more. I saw Tim Drennan clapping for himself over on the side. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> Poor Tim. We like to give him a little grief. Okay, so, so you, you, you got to see the financials, which nobody had ever asked for or seen, and then changes were made based on what you saw. Are those changes still in place today? Do you think that's, that made a difference for the long haul? I do. I mean, there, there's a whole different trust, I feel, amongst all of us. Yeah, and you mentioned staff. There have also been some big changes at staff as far as, like, positions and, and personnel and even the names of the positions. What was that all about? Are you talking about the executive director? Sure. Or CEO? You bet. Which one? Uh <laughs> Yes, there has been some changes. There were some changes made prior to my, my coming on with the sitting CFO at that time. Not CFO, CEO. And then we had to go through the process of finding another one, which was a long, drawn-out process. We thought we had the right person selected and turned out that it was wrong. So, yeah, I mean, you, you want to do everything right, but at the end of it, you find out things. You know, people can make a very good first impression Nobody wanted to admit we made a mistake, but we did. And then we backed up and started over again and said, you know, we need to look from within. You know, we got some good people here, mm-hmm. and that's what we need to do. And there's Tim. There's Tim now. But Tim is not the CEO. What is Correct. Tim's title? He is Executive Director, Interim CEO. Okay. And so will will the CEO... Uh, is the CEO here to stay? Is that going away? Will there be someone else? Are there, we going to stay with the executive director? What's there, the future? There will be a vote at the board of directors meeting to change our bylaws so that, because uh, it does say we have to have a, a CEO. And what we found out during this process was 
the people that came forward with that title, the CEO, it was a whole different pool of, of people that were probably a CEO somewhere else, and they're just looking to go somewhere else to make more money. You know, they weren't, they weren't the folks that wanted to get into the weeds and actually serve. And so that's what we found out through, through that process. Now, Judy, <laughs> you recall when Mr. Olszewski resigned, and I think everybody's learned now that the, really the only path to the presidency in the IRWA is through the position of, of president-elect, and we learned that really fast, didn't we? Yes, we did. So, so James resigned, and I remember getting a number of calls saying, everybody wants to know, what do we do? We had a lot of discussions about it, and I kept saying... I don't know. We have to figure this out, and we don't want to say anything until we've got it figured out, right? Correct. And ultimately, Jake made the decision that he was going to call a special meeting of the board of directors to go ahead and fill that position before conference. And so my question to you is, did you ever have any second thoughts about standing for election at the board of directors special meeting earlier in May? Yes and no. I mean, I felt confident in myself to be able to, you know, fulfill the, the, the job. But, you know, there was talk that there would be people put in, to run against me. But, you know, it wasn't a very good feeling, but it, it happens, right? Yeah. I did it, so. Yeah, yeah. And you, you did, but you didn't have a full year as president-elect. I think you've had a whole week and a half. How's that been going? Has it, hadn't it been two weeks? It might have been two <laughs> weeks, okay. But but generally, the incoming president gets a whole year to get his or herself grounded and get their agenda figured out and make some decisions. Do you feel robbed that you didn't get that? Did you think maybe you wanted to hold back and, and go ahead and run for president-elect here instead of jumping a year? Well, it would have given me some more time to not have to push and try to fill committee positions and things like that. And I would have liked to have that little bit more time to do that. But um, And they have to be in place by the time we have the board meeting. So that's been a, a push. So what if some, let me ask you this, just because I'm curious. What if somebody had run against you in that special election? Were you prepared for that? Yes. Were you relieved when... Did no I one? have a speech? No. No. Do I have a speech? No. <laughs> <laughs> you just remember, just Judy, you be you. Were you relieved when nobody else ran? It's a very good feeling when, 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 you, when you win. And <laughs> yeah. of course, my thought was, who were so eight, those eight people that didn't vote for me? <laughs> <laughs> hey, raise your hand if you're one of the eight yeah, people who, that who didn't, didn't vote, vote for, for Judy, huh? <laughs> okay, well, let me ask you Jake, this. Jake's got his hand up. <laughs> Jake, put your hand down. So how do you think this unusual situation was handled? Do you think that the IEC did a good job? I do. Could it have been done better? I don't think so. I feel like it was the situation had to be dealt with. Jake did an awesome job, and, you know, we moved on, and the board had their say, and... Here I am. And here you are. Hey, wait. Do you guys hear that? Uh, 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 uh. You know what that sound means? It's time for cross-examination with Dave. So here's how this works. Dave is going to ask some very pressing and leading questions to Miss Judy Jones. And then she's going to answer them. And then we're going to decide if we think she did a good job or not. And there may even be a little prize for Judy at the end of this, if you guys think she did a good job. Are you ready to play? Yes, ma'am. Are you ready to play? Heck yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Judy. Dave. You're from Alabama, aren't you? Roll Tide. A Roll Tide. Have you ever actually had a banjo on your knee? And what does that even mean? <laughs> That's not very nice, Dave. Okay. 
Okay. Okay, let's go back to Roll Tide. Um, <laughs> along those lines, um, isn't it kind of messed up that the taxpayers from Alabama have made Nick Saban richer than Bill Gates? No. <laughs> so you would agree that's a good investment? Yes. And is Nick Saban on the Alabama official currency? Not yet. You think he might be? Never can tell. She's good at making financial changes. She should yes. change mind, you know? We'll see. All right. In 2018, both you and Jake Farrell ran for the IEC from the floor. Jake won. You lost. Do you think that's because Jake's better looking than you? <laughs> Nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Judy, you've been great. If you Let's look at one more. If you look at a map, and sometimes I have to actually consult a map, the Florida panhandle was stolen from most of the Alabama coast. Why in the world did you let them do that? <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. How do we think she did? Did she earn a prize? All right, Judy... You get some beer salt. If y'all know Judy, you know she likes beer salt. And I, wait, there's more because she might want to share. Here, here's one more. You might want to share. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been cross examination with Dave. Ooh, three beer salt. Wow. All right, Judy, you are about to assume the presidency of an organization with almost seven thousand members. You have had just a moment to be getting ready and you have just one year as president. And I think we all know that will go super fast, right? So Judy, tell the listeners, number one, what you want to get done. And number two, what you need to get done. I should already know all this. Uh, what I would like to do is we have, we, we've begun a process. You know, you can't just walk in there and think, Oh, you're going to change the world. However, it's not about just me. It's having a great group of other leaders, um, you know, by spending time on the IGC. That was, what, six years? No, four years. Six years counting Secretary Treasurer. But the th folks that are there now, the folks that are there now, um, we've all worked together with a strategic plan that we have in place. And the goal is to continue that, make that into reality, you know, increase our membership. How are we going to do it? That's our main objection. We've got a lot of things to do. There's things that, that we've started with Jake that I want to see finished. We've got some things in the works. So, Judy, do you think that you have the leadership skills to accomplish what you need to do? I do. Well, again, we, this is an opportunity for members and listeners to get to know you a little better. So I, I kind of want to ask this question, and I hope this isn't too tricky, but I want to know what, what is it exactly that makes you a good leader? You know, you can describe a leader as being someone that's a motivator, someone that is that person that's going to set those goals or whatever. And But at the end of the day, I think I said it before, I want to be that person, but I'm also me. I don't say things that everybody agrees with, but what I do say or decide to do, it's for the, the right reason. I don't have an agenda. This job doesn't help. This doesn't help. It is a job. This job doesn't help my job. But I've been in this association for close to 20 years. I've served all the offices, and it's just doing, when I make a decision, it's not what's best for me, it's what's best for the whole association. So is that, is that your leadership style? Yes. Okay. Let me ask you this. Usually, we kind of touched on this, usually an incoming president has a full year as president-elect to prepare for their administration as president. 
you literally had a couple of weeks, right? So I, a couple questions on that. Were you able to prepare in that short amount of time? I'm working on it. I mean, it's, it's still, it's still, it's still going. I, I think because of my past leadership, you got to be prepared. I mean, you're, you have to be at that point by the time, you know, so let's say you're vi- vice president. We've already done a lot of things. I'm very proud. You probably didn't want me to say this part, but I mean, not that you didn't want me to say it, but as part of the vice presidency, I don't think everyone realizes that each office has like a duty that they have to do with certain um, parts of the association. And as the vice president, it was it's working with the region vice chairs to get our three three. I know yeah, some of you may are maybe education chairs. You might not want to hear this part, but it's getting that three year education plan back in place because mm-hmm. you know we we have to have it. That's been a great thing to know that it's coming back. We've got active participation and we've got plans already out and we've got more classes than we thought we were going to have at this time. And Heck so, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, so along with the preparation for your term, part of that is making those committee selections and appointments. And I've served on committees, and I know how important that is. You, that's got to be done like now, right? Have you had time to do that? We're working on it. We're almost, I mean, we've got a couple of them. The proper procedure, as our Paulson procedure said, and if you know me, you know I like my Paulson procedures. No, you don't. <laughs> no. But when those selections happen, it is the president-elect appoints the chairs of committees and along with the vice president in this case fred easton appoints the vice chairs so we have had a chance to you know get together and start making all those appointments and we're close to finish getting there gosh i bet you've lost some sleep over that in the last couple weeks it's been fast there were some decisions that were made prior to this that i could say promises made or whatever that we've had to address Right, because promises were made when you weren't the incoming president, correct? Correct. All right. So in your role as president, we know things can get political fast. You said you don't have an agenda, but there are egos and there are agendas. Has this been a problem for you in dealing with others? (laughs) There are people with egos, but we're all different. You know, we've got a group that's the current IEC that we don't agree on everything. But at the end of the day, we know that each of our decisions are made for the right reasons. And I think we're a good group. Judy, I've worked with you for two years, about to be three. And I've come to learn. Wait a minute. This isn't over yet, Dave. So you better, you may not be three. (laughs) (laughs) I've worked with you for two years and uh, probably it'll just be two years. (laughs) But I've come to, I came to learn very, very quickly that you're a very religious person. And does that have an effect on how you lead? No. I leave from my heart. And what's your feeling about religion as a guide in your leadership style, if at all? God's in my life, you know, period. I mean, he's, he's a part of it. And, you know, when I make decisions, I make decisions that I know that they're pleasing to him. Very good. Okay, here's another question. Historically, we all know this has been a male-dominated industry, what has it been like for you as a woman in this industry? Every woman out here knows that we've experienced something. And it's, it's unfortunately just what it is. I'm an appraiser. I also do relocation work. I do different work. And that call you get or that you make and say, you know, I'm an appraiser or whatever. And, you know, or, the, or you get there and like, well, you don't like an appraiser. You know, it's, it's things like that that sometimes I think we still have a ways to go. But we've made a lot of progress. 
And I will have to say, I am so pleased to say that the very first woman president in 95 or 6 was Donna Crosby from Montgomery, Alabama. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Have you ever had anybody ask you to talk to your boss? Because you're a woman? I have. Just FYI. I was like talking to somebody. They're like, oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. Can we talk to your boss? And I'm like, yeah, hold on. Let me get her. Hi, it's me. (laughs) Uh, So let me ask you, do you think that you've been at any sort of disadvantage as a woman in this organization? And has it been harder for you on your journey to the presidency as a woman? I don't think so. I mean, I think that, that this association is at that point. You know, you had the Marians and, you know, the Lisas and the face that gave us some, some, some of that direction that we do look up to. You know, they did it and they, gave, they inspire us and we did it. Yeah, or hopefully we're going to do it. Hopefully we're going to do it. Yeah, you're following in some big footsteps with some um, really incredible women who have held that same position. So, Judy. Listeners, I when you filled out your questionnaire, I learned that we actually have something in common. You like ghosts too? Oh my gosh, no! She's talking about the movie Ghost, which I wish they had burned it before they ever released it. Like worst acting, blasphemy. Whoopi Goldberg was Boo. the only good thing in that movie. You know, sorry about you, Patrick, but the, the, the well, terrible movie. Anyway. Every day when I was a kid, I came home from school and my dad wasn't home yet so I could watch TV. And I put on the TV and the Brady Bunch came on at 5 p.m. every day. And I would watch that followed by the Partridge family. And I found that we are fans of the Brady Bunch. (laughs) So we have some questions for you about that. You know, I'm not going to remember. <laughs> and there might oh. be a prize on this one, too. I don't know. Stay tuned. So you remember it was three boys and three girls, and they were a blended family, and they were ahead of their time, right? Because that was like in the 60s and 70s. Do you recall which Brady girl you most identified with? Marsha, Jan, or Cindy? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> Great answer. She was pretty, wasn't she? Well, that's not why, but... <laughs> All right. Here's my question. What was up with Alice's hair. Like, was that a haircut? Was that a hairdo? And what was her deal with Sam the Butcher? That's a secret. (laughs) It's a secret. All right. Okay. Um, Judy, did you have a crush on Greg Brady? Not really. Everybody had a crush. Did you have his poster on your wall? No, it's Donnie Osman. Everybody had that, too. I had Farrah Fawcett, so... I had Donnie Osman. We're even. Do you know the actor... Do you remember the actor who played Greg Brady? Do you remember his name? This uh, is the trivia. Anybody? I'm supposed to know. If Can anybody from the audience help the name of the actor who played Greg Brady? And we'll give her the prize. Patrick, do you know? Yes. No. Barry Williams. Yes. That's correct. And now we have a very special guest who wanted to send you a personal message if you'll turn around right there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hi, Judy. This is Barry Williams. And I am here to congratulate you for being the incoming president of the International Right of Way Association. I heard from Kristen and Dave, and I just want you to know that, like the three of you, I also am an infrastructure junkie. Oh, they also told me that you're a fan of the Brady Bunch, and Madam President, that makes you totally groovy. I wish you the best with your new and upcoming responsibilities. And may this year ahead be filled with sunshine days. 
You couldn't get. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say, you couldn't get Donnie? <laughs> <laughs> no, we couldn't. We, we, we tried. We, we wouldn't for lack of trying. We have a Greg Brady budget, not a Donnie Osmond budget. <laughs> we can't top that. So Hold on. the time has come whenever Kristen's ready. I thought she was going to pull out her Balfour Award. Oh, that's so much prettier than Jake's. It's, <laughs> it's time to crown Judy as the incoming president. Please hold. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am. I don't know if it goes over your headphones, but you take your headphones off for just a second. I don't want to mess you. Da, 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 da. <laughs> okay, Judy, this is your last chance. What parting words do you have for the crowd besides Dave, you're fired? <laughs> you know I'm a crier. Thank you. Thank you for those that I have served with and going to continue to serve with, and um, thank you for trusting in me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's give Judy Jones another round of applause. Judy, you're a sport. Thank you all for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. We appreciate you being here. Judy, we wish you all the best of luck in your upcoming term. Anything else, Dave? Thank you, Judy. Congratulations. You get to stay. Oh, can I? Congrats. All right, we'll see you all next time, Infrastructure Junkies. Thank you for listening to another episode of the historic podcast, Infrastructure Junkies. <laughs> I like the laugh at the end.